welcome to episode eight on Defining You with Dr. DeVries, where on this episode, we will be discussing the herbal supplementation for the treatment or augmentation of anxiety. And this topic is pretty special to me due to the fact that I discuss anxiety on a daily basis with people. I mean, the world is just an anxious place and I always try and recommend herbal supplementation first or augment with herbal supplements when I do treat anxiety in the outpatient clinic. So I thought, why not spread the knowledge and maybe discuss some of these supplements for other people who are not my patients to take and try out. And as I always say, discuss anything that you take or anything that you listen on the show with your physician or anybody that prescribes your medications because some of these medications have drug-drug interactions and could actually interact with your regular medicines. So in that being said, uh, I'd like to first start off this um, kind of explaining what anxiety is. I mean, it's kind of a nebulous word. We hear it all the time. Oh, I have anxiety this, anxiety that. But, But how do we actually have it and what is it? So basically, it is kind of like a myriad of physical and mental expressions. And it can really be triggered by an internal or external stressor. So when the mind perceives or contemplates threats of the past, present, or future, the stress response system is activated, which releases these neurotransmitters and neurohormones that basically prepares us for fight, flight, or freeze response. So the human response system evolved for the soul survival in a time of hunters and gatherers when the day was basically spent in a routine, quiet physical activity interspersed with these episodic dangers. However, today, unless you're a hunter yourself, live in somewhere in Africa, we generally experience periods of stress on a personal and professional level in an environment that often feels unsafe to us and periods of stress and relaxation are not sufficient enough for this rebalancing of the stress response system. So the result basically is a chronic overstimulation of the sympathetic nervous system. So for the people who don't know what the sympathetic nervous system is, let me just briefly explain it. So our autonomic nervous system consists of the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. So SNS is the fight or flight response and the parasympathetic nervous system is the right rest and digest. So basically when the SNS is activated, it releases excitatory neurotransmitters and the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, which is a hypothalamus is um, area in the brain, which is connected to the pituitary and then the adrenal glands. It then releases stress hormones. And these hormones are basically adrenaline and cortisol. So the task of the parasympathetic system is to counterbalance these effects, mainly by slowing the heart rate 
and respiration, uh, calming the mind and emotions, and replenishing the energy consumed by the sympathetic nervous system. So basically, in people who suffer from anxiety disorders, the PNS is underactivated, while the SNS is overactivated. So we are left with a net result that the parasympathetic nervous system is unable to counteract the effects of the stress response system. So psychotropic medications dampen the SNS. They unfortunately do not increase the activity of the parasympathetic nervous system. So many of the psychotropic medications that we prescribe in psychiatry, such as benzodiazepines or some of the um, SSRIs will dull cognition, they can blunt your emotions just like SSRIs do, and they can interfere with our mental functioning. However, there are supplements out there in a category called adaptogens, such as rhodiola rosea, which we will discuss later on in the show, that actually is shown to enhance the activity of both the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system, which is different from the psychotropic medications that we prescribe. So in turn, it improves the ability to respond to stress appropriately, and then it terminates the response when the danger is gone. Also, on a separate note, adaptogens have been shown to improve cognitive functions as well, but I will discuss that later. As I stated before, we can treat anxiety with various psychotropic medications, which I do on a daily basis. However, on this episode, we will discuss the herbal supplements uh, that you can use either in conjunction with your medications or alone. Like I said before, please consult your physician first before combining or starting these medications because herbal supplements are medications. Even though you can get them over the counter, you don't need a prescription in this country, but in reality, They do change receptors in the brain, brain chemistry, and they can have drug-drug interactions between medications that you might already be on. I'd like to start with kava. So kava is actually extracted from Piper methysticum, and this is a small shrub grown in the Pacific Islands, mainly Fiji, Tonga, and Hawaii. So islanders have used the kava plants for centuries in either social rituals, religious ceremonies, and medicinal purposes. And the root and stump of the plant are actually ground down and made into natural and a non-alcoholic beverage. So when this is consumed, the effect of the active ingredients in the kava plant is psychological and physiological relaxation. The intoxicant, sedative, and anxiolytic, anticonvulsant, and analgesic properties have been attributed to the, to the active substance in the kava plant, which is called cavalactones, and they have serotonin blocking action, and as well as sodium and calcium channel blocking activity, which might, the serotonin blocking action, that might explain why it's used in anxiety and also improves mood. So, I'm a history buff and I always like to know how the first person decided to eat a stump and kind of see the first effects of a substance. 
So there's always this one person that takes a shrub and eats it and then discovers a plant. So (laughs) what I found is that in the 1800s, there were ship records that described kava intoxication in natives and seamen left behind Captain Cook. And Captain Cook is actually famous um, in Hawaii because he traveled there. So there are records that kava was was widely consumed in the 1800s. So how it works is kind of interesting. So the calming effects of kava root drinks are due to a combination of the main active ingredient in the plant, like I mentioned, cavalactones, and there are thought to be 18 different cavalactones. So with a large majority of active ingredients coming from just six of them. And each variety has a different composition of these six cavalactones. And that is kind of why different varieties provide different relaxation effects. So some of these combinations are more uplifting um, and great for daytime drinking and other varieties are better for nighttime because it will produce drowsiness. So I'd like to mention some studies uh, that have been done on kava. So one study in particular was interesting. It was done by Volts and it studied 101 patients suffering from non-psychotic anxiety uh, using kava over 25 weeks, and it actually noted a statistically significant benefit starting after week eight. Another one uh, by Lur studied 61 persons with anxiety, and it actually showed that kava was more effective than placebo at improving sleep, both the quality and the amount a person was sleeping. It was dosed at 200 milligrams of this active substance WS1490 daily over four weeks. So in total, I found maybe eight positive studies on kava, which is kind of statistically significant. So if you'd like to supplement it, initially an extract known as WS1490 should be sought out. If you type it in into Amazon, you could just type in WS1490. And 300 milligrams of this extract daily in three divided doses of 100 milligrams appears to be reliable and effective for treatment of anxiety and other cognitive issues. And doses of up to 800 milligrams of the WS1490 extract have been tolerated for short periods of time. Otherwise, if you cannot find the WS1490 extract, uh, supplementation of any product conferring 250 milligrams collectively of cavalactones should be used. Although it is usually taken at multiple times throughout the day with meals, if a single dose per day is being used, it tends to be used prior to sleep because it's induces drowsiness. So there are some things to watch out for with kava. So there were post-marketing studies of over 3,000 patients on kava and it revealed 1.5%, 2.3% incidence of side effects. And these included primarily GI side effects, allergic reactions, headache, and light sensitivity. There are also case reports of people developing dystonic reactions, and one woman developed Parkinsonism after kava treatment. So this actually suggests that it has some dopamine blocking effect. 
effects. Also, it has been reported that taking kava with alcohol and other sedatives or muscle relaxants can result in a coma. So since 1998, there has been a warning issued saying that kava can induce liver toxicity, which includes liver failure and requiring a liver transplant in some cases. I would say that there are better supplements out there for treatment of anxiety. Don't try and go to kava directly. Uh, For me, reading about it, I'm sorry to start on such a negative note, but the risks actually outweigh the benefits because there are so many potential side effects of it. So I would stay away from it, but it is an option and I know that people take it. I have tried it once. It actually makes you feel like you're drinking alcohol without the hangover. The next herbal supplement I'd like to discuss is Rhodiola rosea, and I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. As I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, this is adaptogen. And basically, adaptogens are active ingredients in certain plants and mushrooms that may impact how your body deals with overall stress, anxiety, and fatigue. Plants and mushrooms provide adaptogenic actions. So when consumed, these plants target specific stressors in your body. The goal of taking adaptogens is to return your body back to a state of balance, also known as homeostasis. So the herbal action in adaptogens increases or decreases chemical reactions within your body. So for example, if you're stressed, like I am at work, I have elevated cortisol. An adaptogen will respond by reducing those cortisol levels. If you experience chronic fatigue with low cortisol levels, an adaptogen will actually increase the level of cortisol in your body. And rhodiola rosea is just one of those adaptogens that I will describe here, but there are more. Um, I could probably do a whole episode on them. So let's discuss this rhodiola rosea. It commonly refers to as golden root, arctic root, or rose root, if you're Googling that instead. So it's an ancient medicinal herb, and it grows in very high altitudes, like 8,000 to 10,000 feet in the Caucasus. And for our listeners who do not know where that is, which I actually had to look that up. It is a region between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. So this compromises countries like Armenia, Azerbaijan, Georgia, and parts of southern Russia. Um, Also, it grows in Canada and Alaska. So maybe that's why Canadians are so nice and appear to be always stress-free. They're just pounding the rhodiola herb daily. So so what um, what does it do it exactly? Basically, rhodiola is an adaptogen and therefore it increases the body's resistance to chemical, biological and physical stressors. So in short, it alleviates fatigue, stress, depression and it has been studied for sexual dysfunction. And the root contains a number of bioactive compounds 
but the main two are thought to mediate its effects um, are rosavin. So these compounds that thought to be bioactive are actually rosavin and salidroside. And on a chemical level, it can increase energy metabolism and increase norepinephrine, dopamine, and serotonin in the brain. So some of the studies uh, are very interesting about it. There are four controlled clinical trials which supported efficacy for depression, anxiety, and cognition. So what's interesting is that in the 1960s, the um, Department of Defense in the Soviet Union began these extensive studies on rhodiola for enhancement of physical and mental performance under stress in their Olympic athletes. So what these studies showed is that rhodiola actually increased cognitive stimulation and uh, with emotional calming, it enhanced learning and memory and increased accuracy in mental performance for prolonged periods of time. If anyone of you is interested in starting rhodiola, supplementation of rhodiola tends to refer to either the SHR5 extract in particular or an equivalent extract. Any that confers, you can see um, 3% of the rosavins and 1% of the salidrosides. So usage of rhodiola as a daily preventative against fatigue has been reported to be effective in doses as low as 50 milligrams. Acute usage of rhodiola for fatigue and anti-stress has been noted to be taken in the 288 to 680 milligram range. It is not recommended to exceed 680 milligrams. I know that you can find a thousand milligrams of rhodiola out there and, and that's actually the amount of milligrams I take daily. The thing about rhodiola compared to kava is that it's actually very, very well tolerated and safe. Side effects are uncommon and very mild uh, and they include allergic reactions, irritability, insomnia, fatigue in very high doses and vivid dreams. And there's actually one case out there causing serotonin syndrome when combined with Paxil. Um, so especially for those people on paroxetine or Paxil for depression, please consult your doctor before starting it on your own. So you should take this on an empty stomach in the morning, 30 minutes before meals. Let's move on to kind of our last in detail supplement, L-theanine. So theanine is an amino acid found in green tea. And green tea, as most of you know, it has been used for centuries for its calming and medicinal effects, probably because of L-theanine. So about three to four cups of green tea contain about 60 to 160 milligrams of theanine. They have studied theanine and it showed that theanine um, perfusion into the brain increased dopamine release, which is the reason why it might reduce anxiety and kind of improve your mood as well. So some of the studies um, using theanine as a supplement show benefits and they're associated with promoting a relaxed state without actually causing drowsiness, which is great. L-theanine may also have mild cognitive enhancing effects, uh, especially when taken with caffeine. 
and it has been shown to suppress the blood pressure when taking with caffeine, which is interesting. Also, it has been shown to counteract the blood pressure when under stressful situations. Though it does not provide any sedative-like effects, L-theanine enhances sleep quality by promoting a kind of more relaxed state in the brain. So in clinical practice, it has been shown to help with mild to moderate anxiety, particularly in patients who are highly sensitive to side effects of um, other medications or agents. So the way to take it is that, first of all, it has effectively no side effects. And when given, given at a starting dose of 200 milligrams, one to three times per day, up to a mix, maximum of six times per day. So you can take, take it at very high doses, pretty high doses with no apparent side effects. And last, but certainly not least, because I recommend this last kind of supplement I'll mention all the time in the clinic, basically everybody's on it. Um, who is my patient, I would like to mention lavender oil pills. So I constantly suggest it to my patients. They see really good results on it when they take it consistently on a daily basis. And I'd like to mention it because it actually has pretty good clinical evidence that it actually works because it was con compared to um, an SSRI called paroxetine or Paxil. So there was actually a pretty big study on it. The Germans uh, were very, very interested in it. Uh, they studied 536 patients and it was sponsored by a manufacturer of the product, which is unfortunate because it might have shown a little bias. But it is, it is actually a prescription product in Germany marketed under the name uh, Silexin. So if you're in Germany, maybe you're using it under this name. But here in the U.S., it's an over-the-counter option. Just to briefly mention this study, they used paroxetine or Paxil, which is an SSRI as a comparator at 20 milligrams, which is the FDA-approved uh, treatment option for generalized anxiety disorder and dose. And what's really interesting is that in this study, they found it equal in effectiveness for treatment of anxiety. So that's why it was marketed in Germany and sold under the name Silexin. So if you'd like to supplement lavender, take about 80 to 160 milligrams per day, containing 25 to 46% of the active compound called linalool, L-A-N-A-L-O-O-L. I'm probably not saying it correctly. Like I said before, the thing about lavender is that it takes several weeks to see effects. So don't be surprised that after the first pill, you won't see anything because it takes time to see those changes. The receptors change in the brain and the neurotransmitters increase or decrease. I would say take several months, about four to six weeks, maybe more to see the actual clinical effects of it. What is not, it doesn't have any side effects besides uh, you will burp lavender burps. So if you're not interested in having that, I would not recommend this supplement. So this brings us to the end of this episode, episode eight. And I hope you guys liked it. 
please re- leave any reviews, comments, questions on the page, and I will get back to you. And I will also list some of the studies I mentioned uh, for reference. So I'll see you next time.